0: On this episode of the Heartland Pod for Friday, September 22nd, 2023, we've got stories from Kansas, Texas, Missouri, Tennessee, Indiana, and more. Lots to do, so let's go. Welcome back to the Heartland Pod. My name is Adam Summer. I am one of your co-hosts. Uh, Here alongside uh, longtime friend and co-host Sean Diller, welcoming all of you to the Heartland Pod, where we are working together to change the conversation in politics. We're coming to you. It's Friday morning. Uh, For most of you hearing this, if you're hearing it after Friday morning, uh, adjust your schedule because it comes out Friday morning. So, you know, join us Friday mornings too. It'll be great. Uh, No, you can listen to these whenever you want. That's the best part of the podcast, Sean, is you can listen to whatever you want. I I find that to be refreshing. How about you?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think people... uh
0: adore that about podcasts honestly yeah, you, if I to... whenever you want it it's beautiful <laughs> it's like the best part actually so if you're if you're not a friday morning listener we we love you just the same and uh just to uh, encourage everybody to check out on thursdays uh we don't put anything out uh ourselves but over on her own channel the dirt road democrat jess piper has a show it's uh quite good and she had on david pepper out of ohio for this week david pepper is uh Super smart and uh, knows what he's talking about, has been in politics for a long time in Ohio, uh, written some very smart books uh, that are worth looking at. Go to davidpepper.com to learn about his books. Uh, Very good interview. He's been on a couple of times. He's been on this show and uh, always nice to have David around. So make sure you're checking out the Dirt Road Democrat on Jess's feed and make sure you are subscribed to this feed and leave a five star review and a rating. It's really helpful to leave those reviews and ratings. Uh, Plus, we like to see your your reviews, Uh, even if, you know, if you're somebody who doesn't like us, you listen to us just to see if we say something stupid um, and you want to leave a review, you know, go ahead. That's fine. It's fine. You know, engagement. (laughs) Either way, you slice it. You're good to go. Uh, By the way, Sean, did you know that uh, if you're a current Patreon member over at uh, our Patreon site, if you go to heartlandpod.com, click the Patreon link, you can sign up there. Did you know that if you are a Patreon member, that those folks are going to have an immediate membership in our brand new all inclusive website that we haven't told everybody about yet? I did know that actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Sean's working feverishly behind the scenes. So we've all been putting some time in, but right now it's kind of in Sean's, uh, you know, uh, to do board. Uh, and we were working on a website. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this, Sean, but Elon Musk said he's probably going to charge people to use Twitter.
1: Oh, really? He's going to yeah. make it too. Everyone has to pay?
0: Yeah. So. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, of all the things, like I've been a, 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 I stayed on the whole time. I have no problem I, with with continuing to use Twitter. I understand why some people have left, but when it's when it when it just becomes paying eight bucks a month to have a bunch of right wing trolls try to out troll each other on a website, like at some point in time, what are we doing here? So, yeah, I mean it's really an indulgence. I think, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. It's a masochistic indulgence or sadomasochism. Right, I, I would definitely rather have. Max subscription, right, uh, (laughs) right, right, yeah, much more useful. Uh, Or all West Wing's on Max right now, so there you go. It's definitely a better, better, better use. But uh, so Sean and Rachel and I put our heads together, and uh, we have a new project coming out that it's it's not so much a new thing as it is uh, a home for all of our things to all live together and for you all to be able to access them access us and uh, have have one-stop shop so to speak so we're working on it it is going to have a small monthly uh, membership fee but it's not you know we're not talking about big money and there's not going to be it's not going to be full of right-wing trolls Uh, it's going to be a good space to get good information uh, but don't worry. Most of the shows uh, that you get right now are all going to still be free uh, shows. A lot of the content that, that is already paid for content, that'll be the stuff that's paid for. So, and if you're swag
1: a, drawings. I think yeah, I've been most be swag about in our communication channel.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Members are going to be automatically entered into drawings to get some stuff. Mugs and shirts and that kind of fun stuff. And uh, who knows? I've been told that people enjoy the, the, the voice that I use for this show, which is not how I talk all the time. But, uh, you know, if you're somebody who you know maybe we'll have a drawing I can do your outgoing voice voicemail or all three of us can do it you know or Rachel can you need somebody to call somebody and and, and lay the law into them and give them what for maybe Rachel can call him and give them give him the Rachel special and just you know mother him them up and down and you know kind of
1: like a dirty work situation
0: yeah with, uh... a dirty work situation I like it yeah dirty work a little throwback for
1: voice actors
0: yeah, um... yeah. let's uh let's jump into the actual show I guess <laughs> Our first story comes out of Kansas, and uh, it's a de-hoosie to to go back to another 90s movie. Douglas County, Kansas, the prosecutor there, Joshua, I'm going to say Sidon because the I comes after the E. He said that the Lawrence Journal world should be denied access to public records because it is, quote, devoid of journalistic integrity. Uh, he's a deputy district attorney and tried to persuade a judge to seal an affidavit. And affidavits are generally speaking going to be public, especially filing criminal cases, uh, because he said the newspaper lacks integrity and it's interested in clickbait. Uh, just the latest attempt. Ooh, by a, shots
1: fired, Yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: exactly. Uh, just the latest attempt by a government official in Kansas to punish a news organization for publishing stories they don't like. If you recall, the raid in Marion a few weeks ago that left an elderly woman dead. Uh, under state law, affidavits are public records unless the state can prove that the public interest would be served by keeping them sealed. The, the legal argument that he made. I'm going to. I'm going to read this part of it. This is all from. Um, a Kansas Reflector article uh, from the state's newsroom. Check it out. Links links for all the articles we talk about are in the show notes. So, Sean, I'll read this and then throw it to you because you you had some fire in the slack, and I want to <laughs> I want to get this to you. Uh, his argument was: while the Lawrence Journal World may claim that it requests this information because it is in the public interest, the sad reality is that the Lawrence Journal World is a fledgling publication, devoid of journalistic integrity, and constantly on the prowl for potential clickbait although uh, that was his argument and I am I'm not a Kansas lawyer I'm not an expert in Kansas law but I'm I'm struggling to know how the public interest would be served by keeping that affidavit sealed uh, if it's just something that the prosecutor just doesn't like the publication so he doesn't like yeah. who's
1: asking about it right yeah he, right. I mean did you even open up your law books buddy I mean <laughs> I don't know who's not for this, this argument. Is. Yeah, because and that's what the judge said. You know, it's like there's four, like, uh, factors, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. if he was going to keep this thing sealed. Mm-hmm. He didn't address any of them. He just said, this paper sucks.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, <it's> like <laughs> no, you <laughs> lose. Mr. Prosecutor, what's your reasoning? <laughs> uh, vibes are off. This is a vibe right. thing. Just, just, fledgling just bad paper. Vibes. He And he,
1: he called it a fledgling publication. Right. And it's been around since the 1850s. <laughs> She's off the dome. It's like, come on. Ugh. I just, and I think he did ugh. apologize, you know, in a statement. Because it's Lawrence. It's Douglas right. County. It's like right. an educated, progressive right. place. This is where KU is. Kansas,
0: The Kansas University is located in this place. And that's yeah. all. That's all that's there. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking, of course. But it's pretty much I mean, I haven't
1: there. been there very often as a, you know, Columbia person. Yeah. Like,
0: Actually, Lawrence is like sneaky. Clear. We're, we're both, uh, we both have degrees from MU, uh, Mizzou. And so, yeah, there's that natural rivalry, but Lawrence is like a sneaky, pretty cool downtown. Like it's kind of, it's, it's got a neat little vibe. Uh, get you a burger over at the Casbah. I caught caught a Ben Folds concert in Boulder er, and Lawrence actually. So pretty cool place. But this guy, I don't think he was at the Ben Folds concert. Yeah. Not cool.
1: Yeah. I bet he was at some stupid thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's going on in Kansas. And, uh, you know, these these stories are popping up a little bit more and more um, with these lawyers. And most of them, from what I can tell, have been government lawyers, prosecutors, uh, attorney general, attorneys general, uh, you know, and deputies and things like that. And there are these political arguments that are coming out. They're not legal arguments. They are political arguments. And there's like this gut check of like, I don't like it. I, I don't agree with it. And so therefore, I get authority over it. And I just don't know where this is coming from. I, I, what, do you have a sense on this at all?
1: Yeah, it's weird. And it's more pronounced among sheriffs. And I wonder if the DAs are just mm-hmm. kind of like jealous of the sheriffs getting to kind of like be more swashbuckling on some of this stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's bizarre, you know. Um, That's a good word. Yeah. It's like you're a civil servant. It's like I don't even think this guy's elected. You know, it's just like do your job.
0: Yeah. Well, even if you are elected, right, you're you're like you say, you're a civil servant. You take an oath. Elected or not, when you become a lawyer, you take an oath, uh, to uphold the constitution. It's very similar to like the oath of a military member. It's not that oath, but it's very similar in nature of like, you will protect and defend the constitution and and you know, uh stand up for the Law and the Law, you know, we you can interpret the law, you can argue the law, you can uh, you know, cajole and push and pull on the rules and try to find what the limits are. But there's a huge difference between like arguing one end of the law versus the other end of the law and having a disagreement on the application of the actual law and just flat out ignoring it. like that's that's a totally different, you know type of situation. Uh, All together, like, you know, they teach us in law school, reasonable minds may differ, but it doesn't mean that every difference is reasonable. So <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. Speaking of some unreasonable stuff uh, going on down in uh, Texas. Everything's bigger, including the censorship in Texas. Uh, Texas middle school teacher has been fired after assigning an unapproved illustrated version of Anne Frank's diary. Uh, it's a graphic novel version Uh, This report from KFDM, uh, cron.com, news out of Houston, Texas. Uh, School district in Beaumont, Texas, released a statement confirming the teacher was sent home after reading a passage from Anne Frank's diary, the graphic adaptation in which Frank wrote about male and female genitalia. There's an investigation into the incident that has since ensued. While district officials claimed the adaptation of Anne Frank's diary was not approved, it was included on a reading list sent to parents at the start of the school year uh, very interesting uh censorship did you, did you get a chance to look at this one?
1: yeah, definitely it yeah, I mean it's you talk about chilling, you know, a chilling effect, right? right. you know, just getting fired for doing you know, just a lesson basically, you know, it was on the list. Like you said, you know, I think of all the people who are reading versions of Anne Frank's diary, I'd say 96% of them are eighth and ninth graders. Right. So like,
0: um, well, that's certainly, you're not teaching Anne Frank's diary in the first grade. Number one, uh, number, number two. Yeah. By that age, if you're talking about eighth, ninth grade, number one, they all know, um, what penises and vaginas are. So whoops. Um, and, Number 2, they've had some form of health class by then hopefully. I mean I don't know maybe in Texas they just pretend like right. You know, everybody's a Ken doll in Texas, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you want to learn about guns? We'll teach you about guns, but human anatomy we're not we're not going there. That's inappropriate for school. Guns, yeah. no problem. <laughs> I just don't I don't I don't understand it. I don't understand where this comes from. I don't understand the anger. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't get it.
1: Yeah, I think the takeaway, you know, it's it is upsetting, and you know, it's just an example that public schools and teachers are under attack, and free speech is under attack.
0: Yeah. there's no question about it. I think that's a good way to put it. Uh, third one on the list here: Missouri falling behind in energy shifts. Uh, this is out of the Missouri Independent. This is an op-ed, uh, but it's a very smart op-ed, and uh, I, I again link in the show notes. Utility companies across America are working to shift away from coal to more renewable sources. This has been kind of an ongoing thing, uh, Sean. I know I know you pay quite a bit of attention to energy stuff. Um, you want to kind of talk about this one?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I actually didn't see the um, some of the specific Missouri numbers, but mm-hmm. you know. Definitely, <laughs> the shift away from coal has been faster in a lot of other places. I know Missouri. Um, the last time I saw the numbers, got more of its share of energy from coal than I was expecting.
0: It's something like three quarters or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so, but here, you know, Excel Energy has been—it's like in, a minute
0: in Colorado for the uninitiated.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, Excel is the main utility in the Denver metro area, and. It's a Minnesota company, I think, and so it's a huge utility company, and they provide all over the place. And they've really been aggressive about getting more and more of their power from
0: renewable sources. Yeah, and it seems to be going that way across the board. Uh, this this article gets into uh, – says for years electric companies across the nation cited cost concerns, uh, but there are new federal – opportunities. There's there's money out there from the feds to basically alleviate the cost for the switch. mean, you could think of it like, uh, I, I, this is a really stupid analogy, but this is how my brain works. I was thinking about this and I was like, it's like Back to the Future 2 uh, with the hover uh, uh, conversions uh, on the cars. Uh, when they get there, it shows like, get your hover converted at Goldie Wilson the Third's hover conversion place or whatever. It's like $39,995.99 is the cost for the hover conversion. And that's kind of what they're doing, right? They're taking coal-based power plants and they're converting, because it's not like they're going to build a whole new infrastructure and grid. So how do you take what you have and convert it to harness this, you know, harness good energy, block bad? Um, How do you you convert it to do that? Well, it's going to cost money. And so if the overhead of the cost of the switch is taken care of, then that certainly is going to help, you know, quite a bit.
1: Right. And especially for you know, everyone who's not served by like a huge mega corporation like Excel, who's had the capital to invest in this previously. Right. So I think that's the big change now is like rural energy co-ops and, you know, those sorts of. Uh, yeah, that's the biggest
0: is the rural energy co-ops, which, I you know, that's one of those things I did an interview a while back on that in Missouri, um, you know, and I I think people would be surprised how much the rural energy co-ops matter and how big they are. And, and uh, you know, they are a great place to harness this. Um, Evergy, who is like the company that you're talking about, they're a big power company here in Missouri used to be Ameren. Um, you know, they, they want to reach net zero emissions by 2045 is what they've said in the past. They've backtracked on that. But again, there's this federal funding now and it creates jobs, right? This is the kind of thing that you have to have people to do it. Um, you know, it's, it's a win, 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 clean energy funding is there, creates jobs, bam, 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 you know, who says no, I guess, kind of a thing. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. All right. Moving on to, Indiana, where uh, we've talked about this issue some on the show here, uh, and it's it's too bad we don't have Rachel today because I know this is one she would sink her teeth into. Uh, Indiana is taking the lead on this non-compete issue. There's a Republican lawmaker in Indiana who has the, – the way the article puts it, this is from the Indiana Capital Chronicle. Indiana lawmakers went on offensive when they limited phys- physician-employer non-compete agreements for the second time in three years with a lawsuit pending and an industry adjusting. They're sitting back to observe before doing more. Uh, the quote from Justin Bush, who's a Republican out of Fort Wayne, Indiana, said, "I am hopeful, maybe, but I think it's more of a sit and wait." Uh, he authored legislation that's been filed for this year's Indiana session on non-compete agreements, um, and uh, I think it's you know a, a good thing that we're seeing this movement in the states. I'd love to see some you know federally. You know, Sean, you work all across the country, and I I would imagine at some point this has had to come up. In your world, I have people come and ask me about non-competes, you know, fairly regularly. Uh, totally, in, in their work as well.
1: No, well, before stupid Trump won the election and caused me to quit my job, I was a hotshot recruiter,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, yeah, we had a lot of, um, you know, leaders at you know big financial institutions, hedge funds, um, technology companies that had non-competes and so I'm biased on it. I've always thought non-competes are really stupid. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think, you know, th- but that doesn't just apply to, you know, people who make tons of money. I think in general, non-competes have always been about making employees more dependent on the employer 100%. and enforcement of non-competes on ge- geographic terms has always been, you know, something that I think is specifically, You know, just burdensome for people who are trying to make a living and develop as professionals or just. Employees who have a right.
0: skill, yeah, and the 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 court cases, the precedent has been kind of moving that direction. It's been slowly whittling away at non-competes as cases have moved forward, and you know certainly here in, in Missouri, generally speaking, uh, you know anything more than fifty miles is going to be seen as probably too burdensome. Anything more than two years is probably going to be seen as too burdensome, and even then, it depends on the industry. It depends on the factors. You know, uh, uh, how many of these type of opportunities are there? Uh, Is the community large enough that, you know, multiple competitors could serve the community and it wouldn't hurt either of them anyway? So there's all kinds of factors that go into whether or not they would be upheld or not. But uh, yeah, generally speaking, I think it's a a very good thing. It allows people to have that flexibility. And, you know, the other part of it that, you know, kind of gets lost is it's not just the dependency on workers, on their employers, It's also the IP, right? It's the, it's the creative ability of a worker something that they create that the employer wants to say, this is mine forever. And you can never say it again, basically. Uh, And that gets included in a lot of non-competes.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. And by the exact same token, I think, you know, the reason that we don't need non-compete agreements is because it is already illegal to
0: steal IP and take it to a competitor Right, all it really does is allow employers to not compensate an employee. Right, right.
1: So you know, like products that your company develops, you know, if you try to take that out, you know, that's that's not okay, even without non-competes.
0: Right, right, right. All right, moving on here. Uh, Looming federal shutdown puts millions in a state of uncertainty. This story is uh, I pulled it from the Iowa Capital Dispatch, but you can find it, uh, you know, everywhere. Um, <laughs> because it's a big story, uh, 3.5 million federal workers, uh, or other persons relying on the federal system for regular income, at least will potentially be in a bind. All of this is coming right now, uh, yet again. So we're recording this on Thursday afternoon, uh, for the second time this week, uh, the house Republicans have rejected a vote, uh, to debate the spending bill. Uh, so, uh, yet again, Uh, Shutting that down. And then there was just an announcement that they are adjourning, uh, at least for the weekend. So very, very interesting there, Uh, especially given the backdrop. Going to be a real damper uh, on the impeachment hearings that they're planning to have uh, (laughs) next week.
1: Yeah, like if no one's in Congress.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah if there's nobody who uh working we talk about a bad like talk about all-time bad optics if you shut down the government and then hold impeachment hearings while the government is shut down <laughs> i mean
1: right well i mean they can't have their staffs you know working i right. think you know unless it's for a security sort of committee right i would think um yeah, they don't know what they want. Someone, oh, it was it was the NPR politics podcast I was catching up on today. And, you know, they framed it in terms that made me think we're definitely headed for a shutdown, which was that, you know, defaulting on the debt would have been a real catastrophe and they would have looked really stupid and reckless for doing that. Right. But, and so they didn't. And so, mm-hmm. therefore, they're such babies that they're going to do this no matter what. Because mm-hmm. they didn't default on the debt.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and it's just—I mean, uh, uh, there was a story that came out about you know has Kevin McCarthy lost control, and it's like w- this is—is is this a question? <laughs> is this an open question? <laughs> I'd say that the evidence is upon us. Yeah, right. Has <laughs> <I think laughs> lost control. It's—it's uh, it's, uh, back to the law school lessons. Uh, I'd say it's a race ipsa loquitur question, right? The thing that proves itself.
1: Right. (laughs) Right. Right. He said, yeah, McCarthy had a quote to the effect of there's some individuals who, who just want to burn everything down and that's not going to work. And it's like, is this your first day? Like these individuals have talked about burning it down.
0: Like (laughs) you would hope like, I, I, I wish so badly that that we could get some better follow up questions from some of the journalists covering this stuff, because like that, that statement should immediately prompt a follow up question, which is, would you say that these are the same people that were out of control when it took 15 votes for you to become the speaker?
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm trying to think who ended up holding out and not even voting for him. Cause I think there were maybe there was like a couple four, yeah, that didn't who even abstained vote. and they were able to squeak it through where like, even with this bare majority of Republicans, a couple were able to not vote for. Kevin yeah.
0: <laughs> you just know it's a bad day uh, for America and really bad day for the Republicans. When the phrase uh, Matt Gaetz, uh, you know, grandstanding makes it into the news. Like, The fact that he's on the mic in the chamber at the house is just nobody's winning nobody.
1: Well, you know who I think might be winning is Merrick Garland. Yeah. Merrick Um, Garland. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, yeah, they, they probably should pack it in for a little while. Take a breather. The Republicans, because like Jim Jordan starting to like berate this guy and, uh, you know, in his typical Jim Jordan, you know, he could be ordering a, a coffee at Starbucks and it would yeah. seem like he was berating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but like Merrick Garland, and he basically kind of just accused him, accused him of applying the law differently for different people. And Garland talked about his his family members who died in the Holocaust and his grandmother who survived and fled to America. And he said in a, in an attempt to pay the debt his family owes this country he's been working to uphold the laws here his entire life his entire yeah. career yeah um and it's like and you can tell he's telling the truth right. and the all the facts back him up and you know he said when he was getting confirmed that this is we were talking about the shutdown, but you know he said when he was getting confirmed that he wasn't going to interfere with the Republican Trump's U.S. attorney right. investigating Hunter Biden, and he never did. Uh, and the
0: records yeah. <laughs> now, so no, you're right. Like, just sh- go the sh- home. The shutdown go might home, be dude. somehow better for them than, than <laughs> right. what they're doing. Ugh. Well, let's uh, let's move on here. Next on the sheet, uh, out of Tennessee. This is uh, this is a, this is one of those stories that just it's unfortunate that it even is out there. Uh, But it's important to highlight it because there's a lot of claims and just outright lies that come from the hardcore right about uh, child abuse and pedophilia and all of these things. And yet again, we have another story, uh, child rape and abuse charges in Tennessee against uh, a drag queen. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Against (laughs) a white male pastor and his wife. Uh, (laughs) traveling evangelical pastor and his wife. They got crowdsourced funds to pay for a van to travel and preach. Now he's charged with rape and abuse and she's charged with facilitating. But, uh, you know, hey, uh, no kids, you know, they didn't see a man in a dress read a book. So all good, right? Am am I right? Am I right? You are right. (sighs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a chance to look at this one at all? I did. Yeah. I mean, it's just
1: disgusting. Yeah. And it's like they were traveling through... Arkansas, Tennessee, Alabama, I think were some of the states and just like.
0: It makes me, the first question that came to my my mind after the discuss left was, why were they traveling? Right. Right. The pretense is we're traveling to preach, but is it because of jurisdictional fleeing?
2: Right. Make it harder to
0: get caught?
1: Yeah, I'm sure they, yeah, yeah. I wonder where they're going to be like taken there i'm sure is a trail of criminal activity one would think right like
0: if this and one federal. pops up in tennessee yeah. like does it right. yeah does it become an issue of human trafficking and uh you know all that kind of stuff i mean it's just really 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 gross stuff really gross stuff all right let's move on to this next one just in time uh, we were just talking about this the other day actually um I think I think I was talking to uh, one of my law partners about it, that the responsibility of COVID testing, right? Uh, We've all been sick in our household. We bought some more COVID tests to make sure we weren't spreading COVID. Um, Thankfully we all, it all came back negative. Um, But you know, you couldn't get them anymore, right? They were free for a long time and it made it easy to carry that responsibility. And then they weren't. Uh, However, the feds are bringing it back just in time for the heavy uh, fall season Uh, COVIDTest.gov program has distributed over 755 million tests to more than two-thirds of American households, 310 million uh, which went out to households in underserved communities. The U.S. government will continue to make COVID-19 tests available to uninsured individuals in underserved communities through existing outreach programs. Uh, You can contact HRSA Health Center Test to Treat site or ICATT location near you to learn how to access it. There's a link to COVID.gov slash tests in our show notes so that you can take a look at that. Uh, Sean, how's how's it out there? I know around here, then it seems like it's it's 2021.
1: Yeah, no. Michelle works at a big hospital in the area, and uh, you know, her report is that yeah, I mean, tons of people are getting COVID again. Yeah. Um, yeah, our our little ones like got cold symptoms, and we immediately tested them, and they were both negative. Somehow, I couldn't believe it, um, but. Great time for a government shutdown, you know. Yeah. Um, they no, really... No kidding. And when you think about the politics of COVID, you know, even though... I try not to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> It shouldn't really be politicized, honestly. Right. You know, um, the uh,
0: politics of illnesses. A deadly respiratory Ugh. illness, right? Yeah. We think about the politics of of colorectal cancer, like it's just. <laughs> uh, we think about the politics of breast cancer, like you know what I mean. Like sub, so literally sub, any other illness, in, right. It's insane. What do you think about the politics of nearsighted individuals?
1: Like, it's just like,
0: (laughs) it's so crazy. It's so crazy. Yeah. Well,
1: I'm rabidly against any sort of government
0: involvement
1: um, (laughs) or involvement by anyone of recognizing it at all.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, it's still here, though, is the thing. Um, So you can politicize it all you want, and people are still going to get hurt.
2: Yeah,
1: and as loud and crazy as you know conservatives seem and they you know the the people who vote it's just a different group of people right even though there's overlap and the people who said that covid was big on their mind in terms of making their decision in 2020 a huge percentage a huge majority I think something like 80% voted for Joe Biden. Right. Um, and so if that's what we have happening in 2023, 2024, where yeah. the old chaos versus competence, you know, dynamic emerges and the Republicans are just burning books on the front lawn of the governor's speech Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and burning COVID tests whether you know what, throw it on the pile. That's what's coming <laughs> next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should dare Nick Schroer. <sighs> to burn COVID tests. Yeah, just say you're too afraid I bet you're too afraid you won't of do stepping it. on people's toes to burn COVID tests with a flamethrower.
0: You won't he's, do it, Nick Schroeder. All right, uh, let's move on to something. Uh, let's close it out with a Friday feel good. Coming out of Springfield, Missouri, uh, there's a charity helping millions of kids. This is a charitable foundation that is focused on helping students and their families uh, for educational success. Recently celebrated meeting its 3 millionth need. Care to Learn is the name of the charity. CaretoLearn.org is the website. Crystal Simon the CEO of the organization said CareLearn reached that mark relatively quickly the 3 million compared to its last milestone it took them 10 years to get to 1 million 14 years to get to 2 million and about a year later they hit 3 million so they you know as 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 happens with growth they have grown very quickly once they've reached a certain size uh, reason for the increased number of needs deals with the growth of the organization. And in its 15th year care to learn now has chapters and partners in 42 school districts around Missouri from Kansas city to Cape Girardeau, reaching about 130,000 public school students. Uh, I think it's a great, uh, really cool program and uh, just wanted to give them a little bit, a little bit of a plug, a little bit of love for care to learn care to learn.org. Any, anything on that before we close it out?
1: No, I think it's just an awesome organization that, you know, Gets kids the basics on health hygiene
0: yeah 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 it's unfortunate that that it's necessary but it's there and they're filling a gap and they're doing good work so uh, check them out care to well thanks for hanging out man i know you got uh places to be and uh as do we all have an awesome weekend and to the listeners have a great weekend and uh, we'll see y'all uh monday morning Heartland Pod is a production of Midmap Media LLC. Producers: Adam Summer, Rachel Parker, and Sean Diller. Outro song by American Aquarium, written by B.J. Barnum, called "The World Is on Fire." Learn more about the Heartland Pod at heartlandpod.com. Learn more about American Aquarium at americanaquarium.com.
2: Well, the said, what are we going to do? What's this world coming to? And for the first time in my whole life, I stood there speechless.